Uh, You're listening to Two Millennials Talk, and we have a cold open. Cold that's, open. That's what it is. So Is uh, that what you call in the business? I, I don't know if that's what it's called. In, I know that's what it's called in TV. I don't right. know if there's a radio equivalent to just no intro. We're just starting. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even have a countdown. It's just, hey, the show is starting. Hey, it's on. So we'll just, we're just going to go for it. Yeah, I'm why not? Ke- I'm Keon Rose. I miss the Comfy Lounge song, though. I do. Well, we had it, but now we don't. So, you know. Boo. Boo. Boo hiss. All right. Unfortunately, I'm not in charge of programming, so I can't fix that for a while. <laughs> I can't fix it. Um, well, we saw Sicario 2 last weekend. That's where I want to start. Oh, okay. You want to start with Sicario 2? That's fine. Well, I can start with what happened on the way to Sicario 2, because I was late coming in. I wondered why you were late coming in. Um, part of it was I forgot my wallet, but when I when I got onto the road... You were telling me why you were late, and then we got interrupted by the guy who wanted to take a picture, and I told you to take the picture for some reason. And Yeah, and then I took the guy's picture, and I don't know how good that picture was. The lighting was just bad. And it looked okay. Nothing I could do to help it. Yeah, you know? that's a whole other story. So, And if he didn't turn on Flash, I'm not going to go through your phone and yeah. turn on Flash for you. The reason I don't remember Keon's story, though, is because a guy interrupted us when we were walking to the movie theater and said, hey, would you mind taking a picture of me and my kids? And I immediately feel, felt uncomfortable, and I said, Keon will do it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right, because, well, because... Neither of us like people, but you got to, to pass the buck to me first. I got the... <laughs> well, you're a wide receiver, so I threw it to you. Yeah, and I caught it because I can't help it. <laughs> I was like, you ain't throwing it to nobody else. Yeah, I looked around like it was hot potato. There wasn't anybody else around like, hey, you want to take this guy? It just goes on a chain yeah, into the bathroom. Yeah, people passing us. Hey, that guy. Hey, no, you. Come here. And hey, then, hey, hey, picture, picture, picture. Yeah, and then we, and we could try and escape, but I didn't get to escape because you tossed me a grenade. By the time there, I finally, friendo. <laughs> that three-second three uh, fuse blew up in your face. <laughs> no count. No count. So so I was telling you I was driving, and I had to slow down because, I mean, here's the thing about 75. The speed limit is 55 miles an hour. Yeah, supposedly. Nobody drives 55. No, it's allegedly 55. O- occasionally, one of us has to be the sacrificial lamb that gets pulled over, mm. but... Everyone was flying up the road, and yeah. I was too. And I pull up behind this car, and I see government plates. And I go, well, you know, Uh-oh. it's not marked as anything, but this doesn't feel right. So I start to slow down, and as I get like closer to the car, I see, you know, it's got the white on white, you know, uh, Chattanooga police on the side. <laughs> so, oh, no. so I went, okay, I'm really glad I slowed down. Mm-hmm. But there were cars that were flying past me, and he lights them up, and. Maybe you've seen this before. I have never witnessed this. Okay. This cop pulled over two people in one stop. He he got right behind the first guy mm-hmm. and until that guy pulled over. And then as that guy was pulling over, he aggressively moved behind somebody else until that guy pulled over too. Wow. And I've never seen that. I thought that was the most talented cop ever. I was telling some people in the office and, and they were saying that like that happens in Georgia. I've never seen that happen anywhere, but that that wasn't even Georgia. That was here. Well, double pullovers, yeah, they do happen. I see them. I've never seen them happen, but I've seen the aftermath of them. I, I had front a front row seat. That's very interesting. That's like seeing lightning strike in front of you. It is. And I, I wish I had popcorn. I mean, it was entertaining. I couldn't believe it you as just, I was watching. You was spotted like, the Bigfoot of, of road stops. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I hear that, like, um, you know, I've been told by friends I have out in California that... that the police will get three, four cars <laughs> together. And I'm like, how do you even manage to enforce that? Well, Californians are bootlickers, though. They just pull over. They're just like, hey, it's not worth it, man. I, I guess. But, man, for me, like, I'm, I don't think it's worth it because, like, if you try and get away and, you know, the cop gets your license plate number, then you're going to get hit with, you know, trying oh, yeah. to resist. Resist arrest, evading arrest, escaping from a lawful traffic stop, blah, 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 blah. 
Yeah, there's a lot of charges they can slap against you. Yeah, I had a friend who actually uh, she she got she got that slapped on top of her, and she wasn't trying to. She what she did was she pulled over. And she thought, well, I'm really close to the road, and if he comes to give me the ticket, he's basically going to be standing in the road. There's right. not much of a, a shoulder here to pull over on. Mm. So she kept going and pulled over in this bank and then stopped there. And then he hit her with uh, resisting. Okay. I, I've never, yeah, I don't know. Well, like, she, that was weird. I hope she fought that in court because that's like, you know, it's kind of a problem. But, you know, that was that was also in Texas. And Texas, oh, okay. Texas police are just wildly, like, over-aggressive in a way that, like, I've never, I've never experienced that. I've been pulled over a few times out here. All the cops that I've been pulled over by are the friendliest people. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Yeah, there was one guy that pulled me over, and he's like, he's like, "Where are you from?" And I went, "Oh, I'm I well, I'm originally from Texas." And he's like, "Oh, I'm from Texas too." <laughs> and then we talked about Mexican food and barbecue. It was great. I've ne- it was the nicest I got pulled over ever. I've gotten pulled over for uh, blowing a stop sign one time, and I didn't blow a stop sign. I came to a rolling stop. There's a difference, but <laughs> they don't see it that way. Uh, so I turn right, and as soon as I do, turning into Ringgold, which there's always a cop sitting there. It's a small town. I turn into Ringgold downtown area, right under the train tracks, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, as soon as I do, cop car behind me. And I'm a student driver, by the way, at this point. I was 15. So I pull into a Mexican restaurant, which I don't think is there anymore. Ringgold's famous for having Mexican, res- Mexican restaurants that pop up and then disappear mysteriously um yeah like i don't know why i always think of whenever i see a mexican restaurant disappear because one happened over in Ottawa, like it was there and then it was just gone the next day uh-huh. i was like oh a money laundering situation has closed down now <laughs> interesting <laughs> Costa Nostra. <laughs> You're right. yeah but i get uh, so i get pulled over and the policeman comes over to the window this guy he looks like someone's dad for one he's got he doesn't have like the bald you know with the high and tight and like the aggressive sunglasses no he looks like he looks like uh, 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 Foxworthy, you know, the Jason Foxworthy, whatever his name is. Oh, Jeff Foxworthy? Jeff Foxworthy, yeah. He looks like that. This dude pulls me over. He goes, hey, man, you know, you didn't come to a complete stop at that stop sign, but I can see you tried to stop. You didn't see anybody there. I'm going to give you a warning, but next time someone might give you a ticket, all right? So y'all be careful. All right, bye-bye. He didn't start telling you that you might be a redneck if... Any, no, no, oddly, no, he didn't. He <laughs> said he might be a Jedi if he used the Force to get a beer out of the fridge. None of that stuff. He just sort of oh, let man. me go. I was a little bit disappointed. Yeah, that's vaguely disappointing. I turned and I said, hey, man, I love you on America's Funniest Home Video, and he was already in his car. <laughs> Are you smarter than a fifth grader? I need you to, <laughs> I forgot about to that get joke. my friend on there. Oh, my gosh. I'm not smarter. I watched that show. I'm not. <laughs> really? Yeah, no, because they would ask math questions, and I just immediately Oh, fall. yeah, no. Well, here's the thing. I quit math in like the fourth grade. Yeah, I quit way before that. I quit in like <laughs> kindergarten. I can't even count how many fingers I have. I, I think I have 11. Maybe. I mean, you have to look at both your hands. Yeah, also, that looks like 11. I'm also dyslexic. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dyslexic. So, yeah, no, I, I just, I'm disappointing that a cop, by the way, that looked like Jeff Foxworthy didn't somehow drop a Jeff Foxworthy joke in there. That's what I would do if I looked <laughs> vaguely like a celebrity. Was I would I would be like that guy somewhat mm. just to see if I could deceive anybody. So we did go see Sicario though. We did Sicario two rather. It was glorious. It was amazing. I loved it. But you know you know who didn't love it? Who didn't love it? Angsty writers for newspapers. Oh, angsty writers. There was an angsty writer by the way that that hated on the Incredibles. Who who cares what angsty writers think? I know, and it's always these these sniveling people who write for newspapers. And I love journalists, but I hate them too. These sniveling people being one. These sniveling people <laughs> who write for newspapers and they just write like, it's highly problematic that this show, this movie that's about the American CIA didn't have a huge amount of representation for Latinos. Like, it's not the point of the movie, bro. 
Did you watch the movie? And, and also, the, they were there. What well, are you talking about? Well, yeah, plus there's the Alejandro character, who's like, you know, Hispanic. Yeah, it's the whole the, thing. It's uh, uh, Benicio del Toro. He's an amazing actor. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Well, here's the problem that they saw with this. The problem, at least predominantly from what I read, the problem that people saw with Sicario 2 was that it was too gung-ho and that it d displayed, you know, glorification of violence, which is the most 1980s paranoid parent complaint I've ever heard. I don't think they understand the movie, though, because the movie's not glorifying what the CIA is doing it, at all. It is, in fact, not at all gung-ho. There was, like, a little bit gung-ho early in the movie. It was cool, yeah. But it backfires. Yes. Which is the point, you know? I, I, here's the thing that my, my issue with angsty newspaper guys. Newspapers are not as valuable as they used to be, and angsty newspaper guys take it upon themselves to change whatever landscape that they're in. So, like, the movie guys feel like we have to change the movie industry because historically newspapers were for that. And mm -hmm. newspapers were for, you know, being watchdogs. But people don't use newspapers like that anymore. Just review the movie. Just, what, why do you have to go and we review the climate around the film? And, yeah. well, is there enough? Just, was it a good movie? If I pay $11, was it worth it for me to go see? Well, let me ask you a question. Has anyone ever made a decision to watch or not watch a movie based on an op-ed in The Hill? No, not that I'm aware of. They're completely worthless. It's not that they as people are worthless. It's that what they write is completely worthless. It means nothing. It's just writing stuff to write stuff. You are competing with YouTube. YouTube movie <laughs> right. reviewers basically tell you what you want to know was the movie good or was the movie not good and they do this with a whole lot more personality mm -hmm. a lot of people like like jeremy johns on youtube i think is a really good example because he's he's not a critic he's he's a guy that likes movies those are the best guys yeah so he, he gives you the review like a normal person mm -hmm. you know was it fun was it wasn't it fun <laughs> this is where it got a little bit slow i didn't really care for this but you might you know, the things that are supposed to be in a movie review. Mm -hmm. I just I just think that when you get to the written word, I think at some point it's just gotten so pretentious. It I, has, yeah. And I just leveraged Sicario to talk about how much I dislike young, pretentious journalists, but you know. Yeah, and I hopped on the bandwagon because... <laughs> Thank you. Because pretentiousness. Despite the fact that I'm full of it, I also don't like it when I see it in other people. That's exactly it, yeah, because I'm, <laughs> I'm the most pretentious person that I know, but I can't stand it when other people no, just, equal my, my pretentiosity. I think that that's the problem. I'm so pretentious that I will not be outdone by anyone else. Yeah, well, if you're pretentious enough, what ends up happening is like you, you start to know what snarkiness you like. Mm -hmm. That's it. Is I'm that, pretentious yeah. about how pretentious people should be. It's just like, <laughs> look, man, the, the, the climate surrounding how pretentious you are. It's outdated. <laughs> it's old-fashioned. <laughs> Get it together. Hey, man, look, that's an outdated way of being of being pretentious. Don't you know it's all about? Don't you know it's all about pretentious wave now? <laughs> <laughs> We've moved on from vaporwave. We moved on. It's now it's pretentious wave. Haven't you listened to Pretension Step? <laughs> you're you're late, bro. You're late, bro. You missed the party. Po post pretentiousness. You're still on. You're still on Echo Wave. You're still listening to what? What was it? Echo Jam? Not Echo Jams. There was a thing for a while. There it was like Sea Punk. You're still on C punk, man. Yeah, uh, C C punk, and then like C rock in general. Yeah, and then there was Witch House for a while, which w w like, and I love this because this is this is the pretentiousness on full display. <laughs> we're we're losing you, aren't we? We are. We yeah. Oh yeah. If you're listening to this, you have no idea what we're talking about. And if you do, 
shoot us an email because you're probably a pretty cool kind of guy. Yep, and uh, I got to be friends with you. Yeah, friend us on Facebook because you seem cool if you know what, what in the world Witch House is. And also tell me your favorite Witch House band. I actually don't know my favorite. I just listen to like one or two tracks on Tumblr. Like, or, or like, uh, uh, what's Bandcamp? Whenever, whenever yeah. someone will post links to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I don't know either. <laughs> Jeez. But if you have a favorite, like, I, then I have to meet you because honestly... You're you're a rare person. You're a rare person. Well, and you know there is a shoegaze band that exists in Chattanooga somehow, somewhere. Yeah, which you told me about. Yeah, I gave you the tape for them. Yeah, so they still exist, I think. So there's a there's a shoegaze band in Chattanooga called Lacing, and they're really dang good. They are really good. Yeah, and uh, you know I, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not sponsored by them or anything. They're just really cool. There's a uh, local guy who does vaporwave too. He's also really cool. So. Do, do you know his name? Yeah, I don't know if I want to throw it out there because I don't know if he wants people to know that he lives okay, here. Okay, fair enough. But there is one who lives here, and he's pretty, pretty prominent, pretty famous. Okay, so I mean, you you listen to enough, you'll probably find him anyway. Oh yeah, you know about him. Yeah, he does. Uh, he actually has done some of my favorite stuff, and I found out he was from here and went to like Riverbend and stuff, and I was like, whoa, okay. They had wait, we had Vaporwave at Riverbend. No, 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 no. The guy attended Riverbend. Okay, I was like, spectator. wait a minute, because then I was like, Riverbend finally got interesting for me. Oh my gosh, if they in had way. <laughs> if they had Chuck Person come out and play Echo Jams, I would be so happy. I would be the happiest person on earth. By the way, did you see that like 200 people were hospitalized at uh, at uh, Warp Tour for heat exhaustion? I didn't hear about that. What? Yeah. Well, well I mean, first that's... off, I didn't realize we still had Warp Tour. Yeah, in Nashville, apparently. Okay. I, I should have gone. Maybe I could see CKY minus three members. Um, but yeah, they uh, 200 people hospitalized for heat ex- heat exhaustion uh, at Warp Tour. So just thought that was kind of interesting. That that is to me, and and maybe it's just that Nashville's not as hot as here. To me, I walk out of my house and there's no way I would ever die of heat exhaustion or be hospitalized for it because it is obvious that I need to, like, you just need to hydrate if you're going to be outside. It's quite clear. Yeah. Yeah. You start sweating instantly. Yeah. It's like you jumped in a pool the moment you opened the door. I have changed shirts three times today. And that's not a joke. I have changed shirts three times today because walking from this office to my car, driving to the house before the air conditioner kicked on, walking into my house, I needed a new shirt. And then I did some yard work. I needed a new shirt. And then driving from my house to here, I feel like now I need a new shirt again, even though it's getting cold. It's ridiculous. It, it's, it's pretty silly. And then it rained today also because it did, it's Chattanooga. Know, like and three seconds. For three seconds, but it's confusing to me because if because if I left my house and I did I left my house and it was sunny, I didn't see clouds in the sky. And then I <laughs> then got all of here, a sudden, yeah. And then an hour later, it was raining. You what, could you could you could plausibly convince me that we actually have been transplanted into Southeast Asia and we just didn't know it. I would believe that. I would believe you 100% if you told me that. Like if some scientist, Michio Kaku, walked in, he's like, actually, we've all been transported <laughs> yeah, to... He, he talks about his like wormhole physics yeah. to explain how we got there. Yeah, it's like Donnie Darko or something, but it's a whole city. <laughs> I would I would buy that, plausibly. And also, the insects around my house also get, lend a lot of credence to the fact that somehow we're in Southeast Asia and like, nobody let us know. Like the fact that they've gotten bigger and bigger? That they've gotten bigger and that they boldly build webs i'm talking about the spiders build mm-hmm. webs right in front of my door mm-hmm. like i i feel like i have to go to my door with a with a dang machete to just <laughs> cut down everything on my way inside the house at this point at this point i feel like an adventurer oh you know what i'm ticked off about this week by the way 
So what? the utility guys are doing utility work. They're pulling up the utility poles on my street and replacing them. So the power has been out at my house. Oh no! For three about three hours a day for the last two days, just enough time to turn my house into an easy bake oven and me into a really sugary cookie. I I turn off the air conditioning in my house. I sleep during the day because I because I work nights. Okay. And I do this because I am cheap, and okay. because. The electricity bill, the, the when we when we ran me and my roommate when we ran the AC all day and all night, mm-hmm. the electricity bill came back, and I was not pleased with the number that I saw. It was impossible. So he runs it at night still. I'm I'm biting the bullet on this one. I I turn it off during the day, and then I wake up around noon, burning to death. So I understand Oof. the easy bake oven, and and <laughs> and the waking up. Feeling like an easy, cheesy baked potato. Easy, cheesy baked potato. <laughs> well, here's the double problem, though. The utility dudes are blocking my mailbox. I just ordered a bunch of gun parts. They're supposed to arrive yesterday, and I got a whole bunch of notifications via mail, thank you to the USPS, sending me a whole bunch of notifications. Could not deliver package because we couldn't access your mailbox. I got three notifications of that. There's a double problem. The house that I had it delivered to... We'll just say it's 101. It's not, but let's say it is. It's 101 Street I live on. I live at 103 Street I live on, but I had it delivered to 101 Street I live on just because we own both properties and it's closer. If I go to the post office and say, hey, I need the package for 101, none of my IDs have that address on it. Oh, boy. My gun license does not. My driver's license does not. And my passport does not. So I'm trying to pick up packages that are addressed to me, but at a different address. Well, hopefully your name is enough, like the name and the face. Yeah, I mean that that's because I mean it's still addressed to you. That's true, and there aren't actually there are no other people named what I'm named in the southeastern United States, so that does help. I'm not named like John Smith or something like right. that. Right, yeah, you'd never you'd never see it. Super common name like a Keon Rose or something. Everyone's I know. Name that. Which I know it's not it's not a common name at all, but there's something about people googling Keon Rose. I realize that I am in no way famous, but I am the first Keon Rose that comes up. I'm actually the most famous Keon Rose. And people message me on Facebook and go, oh, my name's Keon Rose, too. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that information. What am I supposed to do with that? All the other guys (laughs) I've looked up who have my first and last name, they're just like bikers. They're either bikers or like truck drivers. (laughs) Truck drivers. They look like people who are related to me, and they probably are. Well, yeah, I'm the most pretentious person in in my family and my extended family by a long shot. (laughs) I mean, I think I think that that's fair. I'm, I'm definitely more pretentious than than my immediate family. Oh yeah. Um, I I feel like if I were to go back to Guyana, where where my family is from, surely there might be someone there more pretentious than me. But it do, it doesn't seem plausible. Maybe pretentious in different things, though. Like, I feel like in Guyana, the priorities are a little bit different than they are here. N- yes, and that that's why I'm like I'm not sure. Like, it would be hard. It would be hard for me to outright say, yeah. But I will I will say that I just I am just an elitist when it comes to all the things that I enjoy sports yeah, music everything. TV movies. like it just doesn't matter mm-hmm. it's it, I can tell you that you're enjoying it wrong <laughs> I I don't but I do judge you silently when I see you oh that's frightening Scary so 
Jeez. Not not you specifically. I was gonna but, say I showed but, you my whole but stereo setup public. and everything. Jeez. Oh no. Well, first off, I know you well enough. I don't. I wouldn't judge you silently. I just tell you. That's true. I would judge you to your face. <laughs> you judge me out loud. Yeah, and then you'd over you'd out pretentious me later. <laughs> I find somebody. I do own laser discs of Star Wars. Just, so yeah, like where Keon, where are your laser discs? Yeah, where are your laser oh, discs of Star Wars <laughs> and Terminator Two? <laughs> Why don't you own a gaming machine that you bo- that you built yourself? I don't know. Uh-huh. See, there's your problem. See, there you go. So did you hear about Papa John? I, I heard a little bit about it. In the pizza family? What What about it? You want to get into that next segment? We could do that next segment. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about my membership in the pizza family. The Costa Nostra pizza family? Exactly. I plan to rise through the ranks of the pizza family and become eventually the head don of the pizza family. We'll get into it later. You're listening to Two Millennials Talk. No more cold opens. Next. If they move, kill them. Hey, all right. So I know what you've been saying. Hey, man, why haven't you been like uploading more like podcasts and stuff? Well, look, okay, I get it. You want more of me. You think I'm great. You think Keon's good. You think we're hot. It's true. It's true, all of it. But the thing is, uh, we've been dealing with the loss of Papa John. And uh, so we've been having sort of a hard time with that. uh, we were really close, um, so we're going to talk about that and laugh about that in the next segment. And uh, thank you for your continued support. You're listening to all new Nuga Radio and NugaRadio.com here on 92.7 FM. Two millennials talk. We get the sports music. Or whatever. Well, it's a sports-related topic we're going to talk about. That's true. It is vaguely sports-related. Very vaguely. And it involves one... John Schnatter? How do you pronounce his last name? Yeah, Schnatter. Yeah, John Schnatter. If you don't know who John Schnatter is, why he's the one and only Papa John of Papa John's Pizza. Yeah, you know you know who he is. You all know who Papa John is. He's the guy who was in uh, the NFL. Well, was. Was, yeah. Yeah. So, he's he's gotten into a little bit of trouble. He's gotten into some hot water, Papa John. See, Papa John, he said the one word that you can't say ever, and... uh I don't know why. <laughs> I want. <laughs> there's so many questions. So just just read the headline. Here's it's on the, CNBC, by the way. Here's the headline from CNBC: Papa John's founder John Schnatter resigns as chairman after apologizing for N-word comments. <laughs> <laughs> what I want to know. Well, first off, he's he's the one guy I can't even imagine him saying the N-word. It doesn't like his face. Like I can't even imagine his face. Well. I'll read you the story. <laughs> Papa John's founder, again from CNBC. Papa John's founder, John Schnatter, resigned as chairman of the board after admitting and apologizing for using the N-word during a May conference call. Shares of the pizza chain surged 11% Thursday morning, recovering all the $96.2 million and then some in market value. The company lost after Schnatter's comments were reported on by Forbes the day before. So Forbes obtained transcripts of... <laughs> So there's, there's this is some, like Watergate. There's some person. It's uh, it's more. It's actually hilarious Watergate because it's like if some some person at Forbes knew before anybody else the exact context in which Papa John would be using the N word. What what context? I wish I could show a picture over the radio because they just have this picture of Papa John at a media event with this tagline <laughs> under it that says it says Papa John's founder used racial slur during exercise intended to prevent PR staff <laughs> so this the- meeting was to keep this from happening 
And Papa John just like went and dropped the bomb. And I could yeah, just you hear. Gotta, you got to resign after that one. So <laughs> the conference call in May came to light after Forbes magazine detailed the incident in an article on Wednesday. The report, which was later confirmed by Schnatter, he admitted it. I wouldn't have admitted it. Yeah, like no one was there. Was there a recording device? There's a transcript. I guess there's a recording. He said he was on a call with marketing agency Laundry Service when he tried to downplay comments he made about the NFL by saying Colonel Sanders called blacks the N <laughs> and never faced any public backlash at KFC. <laughs> According to Forbes, <laughs> According to Forbes, Schneider added that people <laughs> This is hard. According to Forbes, Schneider added that people used to drag African <laughs> used to drag African Americans <laughs> from trucks until they die. Why would he? Why, like, again, in a meeting, a meeting specifically designed to avoid exactly what this is. I don't even know how you can deny it. I thought he just like he just slipped. One word. No, 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 no. <laughs> he was using it as an example of how, like, I can't believe this got me in trouble. I mean, Colonel Sanders said that. <laughs> it's like, what is, no, you can't. So the reason the reason I can't say something vaguely racist uh, now is because things used to be way more racist before. <laughs> Back in my day. <laughs> oh, that makes it all better. <laughs> let me read you this sentence again without laughing. According to Forbes, Schnatter added that people used to drag African-Americans from trucks until they died. What is the point of bringing that up? <laughs> Although his comment was apparently <laughs> intended to convey his distaste for racism. <laughs> Forbes I'm said, not as bad as those guys. Look, <laughs> hey, look, I've never dragged anybody behind my truck. At least I don't drag blacks behind my truck, all right? Oh, like we used to do. Good Lord. <laughs> Although his comment was apparently... <laughs> Although his comment was apparently intended to convey his distaste for racism, Ford said multiple people on the call were offended. Really, the call was part. Say. The call was part of media. The call was part of media training for Schnatter to prevent future public relations fumbles. Now, I feel like I must defend Papa John here because I, I don't think he really meant to be racist here. I think Papa John really does not like racism. <laughs> But he really needs to work on how to word things. Or That's, just or just like don't say anything in front of microphones. Yeah. You just got you just I think at some point you just have to stop. Because I'm just picturing him saying better ingredients, better pizza. We used to drag black people behind trucks until they died. <laughs> He's I don't know, man. Because I don't I think you do have to uh. resign, not not necessarily because he's racist, actually. Because I actually don't think he is. I don't think that's a racist statement either. I think he he meant it well. I I just the way the way in which you said what did, first off, what does that have to do with the backlash that you are trying to not receive? Maybe Papa John just like had a few. <laughs> like he really didn't want to be in this meeting, but Papa John sl sl sling back a few Papa Cosmos, and he got on the <laughs> conference call, and he's like, "Look, you know." <laughs> Colonel Sanders used to call them this. I mean, how can I get in trouble? I'm at least better than Colonel Sanders. I don't drag people far in my truck. I mean, it's yeah. I just you don't have to make. First off, you don't have to make excuses as to why you're not racist if you were in fact not racist. Right. But also, those are the worst excuses. Well, <laughs> I mean, to his credit, he did own up to it because 
He released a statement saying, news reports attributing the use of inappropriate and hurtful language to me during a media training session regarding true uh, regarding race are true. Uh, he said, uh, regardless of the context, I apologize, simply stating uh, racism has no place in our society. I think he's sincere in that. You know, he says, uh, this is the danger, uh, says uh, uh, Dan Hill, CEO of Hill Impact. He says, this is the danger when organizations are too tied to a personality. That's true. We saw it with Subway and Jared. <laughs> When things are, oh man, yeah. When things are going well, when those people are popular, they're doing smart things. It works, but then you have a single point of failure, and it's that person's actions that reflect on the entire organization. I mean, that makes sense. But again, I don't think I think Papa John should have stuck to his guns here because Papa John, you know, in a very flawed way, is trying to say like, I get what I did was bad, but I mean, people did way worse things, and, and they didn't get in trouble. And the backlash that he was even trying to talk about was he he blamed declining pizza sales on. And I know this is this is Mike Steele catnip. So we're, I mean, yeah. I can't even. I just expect a call. This soon. is this is simple fact of the matter, though. But but he he blamed the declining <clears throat> sales on the players kneeling back when Papa John's was uh, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Right. Um, which I which I don't think that's necessarily the case. And I and I do think that there's a way to have that conversation. That's just yep. The players knelt, so we're losing pizza dollars, and not that. You know, our pizza does kind of taste like cardboard, and that could also be a reason for declining sales. But but that's neither here nor there. The issue the issue is like he's he's trying to explain like what I said wasn't that bad. And I don't think what he originally said was that bad. Right. But the thing that you said to say that what you said wasn't that bad is somehow worse. Th- that that actually Well, let me let me ask you this, uh, from the perspective that you have. If <laughs> <laughs> what what perspective would that be? Someone who's 28 and not 23. Um, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So if Papa John had said the N-word, as in not used the word, but said, quote-unquote, the N-word, would that have made it that much better? Or does using the word in the context of it as an example make it that much worse? I think using the word for for a lot of people um, makes it that much worse. Really? I for, And I would say that not for me personally, but mm-hmm. just people that I know that that the idea is that that word has been so harmful for so long mm. and it and when it was harmful it was always said by white people that basically white people can now not say it like nobody wants to hear it from you mm. me personally if you say the words the n word you're putting the word in my head anyway so my my, my personal belief is like I don't really care and i and i do think context matters i i actually think that had he said the n-word and used the truck analogy separately that might even have gone over slightly better he used them together and and i can't (laughs) and i can't understand why like i honestly don't understand well in in papa john's defense (laughs) in papa john's defense there i'm sure there's a huge chunk of conversation that we're missing here because we don't know the context of what led up to this and what came after this right and and i and and that's the reason why like the con like part of why this is deeply hilarious at least to me is the lack of context right it just in, it, in, it just comes out of nowhere it's like at, papa john yeah and then like and what what kind of conversation do you have to have to wind up there because i don't know like i honestly don't know where you're with just a like pr team with your pr team and you're explaining this and you're trying to separate yourself and distance yourself from colonel sanders Who's who, dead? <laughs> who's dead? 
And it's a man who like grew up on a plantation. He's literally <laughs> like, the person who you would expect to say that. Yeah. So like you can't you can't compare yourself to him. That's like, man, Robert E. Lee said that. Wow. Yeah, it's like, wait, like, at least I'm not Robert E. Lee. You know what I'm saying? I, hey, man. <laughs> well, there's a lot to be said about Robert E. Lee. But yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, it's it's just, like you can't it's, do that. Yeah, you, you absolutely can't do that. No, it's like, you, you just you just can't. Like, there's no, I, I, there's no, it's not really excusable with regards to the fact that if you are a vaguely thoughtful person and you think even a little bit about what you say before you say it, mm. those words would never have found their way out of your mouth. And you're the CEO of a company. <laughs> well, he is. I think he's from like Boston, so maybe that. And that has, that does play a part of it that, too. I think now, that plays a part because because Boston does have like just a racist history around it, and I don't I don't know all the, the the stuff around around Boston. I'm not from there, but I I do know a couple of people from there. Um, you know, especially the rougher parts of Boston, like Southie, where you just have like just racial tension is just going to be. Super oh my high. bad. He's from Jeffersonville, Indiana. Hey man. Indiana, birthplace of the Klan. Yeah, no, no I, I can't excuse it now. He's from Indiana. But, but it's just weird because, again, he's he sponsored the NFL. I mean... Well, and he contributed to Donald Trump's presidential campaign, so that's already a mark against him in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah, to me, to me, not so much. I, I don't think <clears throat> that you're a racist just because you support Trump. That's just that's just ridiculous. But I do, I do think that, like... Eh, you, you can't you can't say it you you, you can't can I, use the n-word it's just you just can't do it can i point out that the wikipedia article uses the n-word in describing <laughs> the incident <laughs> the wikipedia article <laughs> i i know who did this too the wikipedia article says on july 11 2018 it was reported by various news outlets that he used the word <laughs> The word is there during a conference call with a marketing agency, Laundry Services. The owner of the marketing agency moved to end their contract with Papa John Schneider, then resigned as chairman of the board the same day. So the Wikipedia article has the forbidden word that Papa John was fired for using, isn't that? Or resigned for using. I do, I do, I do like the analysis though of attaching yourself to one person for your branding. That is a good analysis because yeah. that that is pretty rough when because when I think. Especially with a lot of the uh, the Me Too stuff, like you're starting to like see that like nobody is scandal free. Mm. There like there just isn't anybody. Um, when when like Morgan Freeman's name popped up, you're like, okay, I mean that's just yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, that is bizarre. Morgan Freeman and like and to the point where like I think no one's really gone that hard after Morgan Freeman. Like we just decided like we're just gonna leave him alone though. He did play God in a movie. Yeah, how bad could he be? Really, he seems like such a nice guy. You know, and he's still, he's still got that voice. You want that voice to no longer be in movies? <laughs> we can't afford to lose Morgan Freeman, guys. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on now. But yeah, no, I just, I, I, I think that there isn't a person without flaws. And I like, I, I would think of myself like, okay, well, sure, I'm not Jared from Subway, but like some, <laughs> at some point in time, there's going to be something about you that once the context of it is set up, you're not going to fit, right? Yeah. To the point where... I think I think John could have said what he said about the players kneeling five years ago. Mm. Can't say that now. Well, people are so on edge now about anything at all that's even slightly racially insensitive, whether it's intentional or not. You know, people are just so on edge about the whole situation. You have sort of the, I don't want to say outrage culture thing going on, but that does play a part where it's like, you know, we have to distance ourselves from anything that re that even slightly looks like something that could be racist, even though yeah. we're not the ones who said it, we have to distance ourselves from that and denounce it. And I'm worried about that only in because 
I think I think there are people who get labeled as racist. They're not racist. Right. Um, you know, I a guy that I know like Jordan Peterson, mm-hmm. he get he's been labeled that way. Brett Weinstein, who is who is a liberal, has been labeled a racist just because of the things that happened at the Ever Evergreen College, I think. Mm-hmm. Um where just <clears throat> things just got really out of hand in terms of like student groups wanting like other students to check their privilege to the point where like if you were white like you couldn't talk before anybody else in the class like oh my crazy gosh. stuff happened on that campus yeah and brett weinstein spoke out about that because he just thought that's crazy and people called him racist what and that's not he, that's that guy is not racist like when when you hear him talk you're like no man he really isn't but the thing that that worries me about it is you get slapped with this label and it never leaves. Like you're just indicted right. with it forever. Well, especially if it ends up ends up like on your Wikipedia article, like in the controversies section. Mm-hmm. Like that's that stuff sticks, man. Even yeah, and, if, like even if you're a great guy, that stuff sticks. Yeah, even like even if you're in fact not racist right. or not sexist or like you know transphobic or or Whatever. homophobic, you get hit with it and you never get to come back. And I just think, well. What if what if we tried this novel idea of forgiving people? Like even if you thought what that guy did was absolute crap. Mm. What if what if he said sorry and you said, "Well, we forgive you." Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't that be at least a better way of going about life? Cuz I oh, think yeah, absolutely, yeah. you know, I just I just, and I don't know, we just take the pitchforks and torches out and we're just ready to go and I'm I for one want to live in a world where I can say something and if what I say just sounds messed up, you know, mm. then I, I want to be able to take it back or even stand by it without people just coming to knock my door down. Yeah, because that's that's just going too far for, for what essentially amounts to words, you know, like it's it's words, man. In the context of radio anyway, like ultimately what you're dealing with is like something that's said over the airwaves that doesn't really impact a whole lot, you know? It No, not really. I mean... It's it's tough. I mean, I I don't I don't like I don't like censorship. So that's part of my my thing mm-hmm. on it is anyway is I I want to believe people on an individual level and on an individual basis. I'd like people to do that with me, not just regarding, you know, my race or my gender or anything else, but also do that with me just period. Just what is Keon like? And I want to be able to do that to other people. If you live in a world where you say something and you're a racist forever, that basically means we're not even seeing you as an individual. Yeah. We get to see you now as a racist forever. Well, I'll give you a good example. I uh, I was friends with a guy for a little while, and he and I just sort of went our separate ways, not for any real reasons, just because we were doing different things at different times. And I was seeing him on social media a lot because he posts on social media. He's doing a lot of stuff. And the more I saw him on social media doing these things, the more I thought, like, gosh, what a pretension, you know, what a what a jerk this guy, you know, like he's always been a jerk, this guy and all this stuff. Well, maybe a week ago I met him again and you know what? He's a really cool guy. My preconceived notions about this particular person were totally off base. I was allowing myself to see him this way based on my own preconceived notions about what I was seeing online. Mm -hmm. And it turns out, no, he's just a super cool guy and he's just a guy people like. He's not trying to pose with other people. He's just a guy that's normal and cool and people like him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, so, that's, and that's another thing, too, is you when you judge someone as an individual, and this is something that our society is going to have to figure out how to do because mm-hmm. we, we, we have the technology now, which yeah. is you've got to judge the person as an individual 
to their face. You can't judge their online persona. That, yeah. That's not them. I mean, as much as I try to be honest when I post things on Twitter or whatever, mm. even that is not me. That's still, there's still some kind of barrier between what I'm posting in social media and who I am. Yeah. And you might not like me on social media. You might like me in person and vice versa. Yeah. And so I don't know if we, if we're advanced enough to figure this out, but we do have to like, you, <laughs> cause it, it does happen and you could ruin someone's life behind it. Well, we are in an infant stage of this, you know, social media technology. We're only what, like a little bit over 10 years into it. And I think we are going to figure it out as society goes on. I think it is, especially when kids like, you know, our, our younger siblings age are growing up with it. Like we really didn't, we came into it in our early teens, you and your mid teens, I guess. But, um, yeah, I think the younger kids are going to figure it out more than we do right now. Cause we're still kind of old codgers when it comes to social media stuff. We don't really get it. You know, <laughs> I mean, that that's true. And it's, it feels weird to say, cause people hear us and you're like, your show's called two millennials talk. What are you talking about? Yeah, you're yeah. old. Listen, I'm 23. Okay. He's like, we're, we're, we're young. Got it. But there are people using technology who are even younger than us. Yeah, and they get it better than I do. And I fully accept that because they naturally are inclined to use it. And I'm just not. And that's totally cool. I'm glad for them. Like my, my youngest brother, he likes to read a lot, but he doesn't read because he doesn't have to. Mm -hmm. Everything that he wants to know, there's a YouTube channel for. Right. Yeah. And that's so true. And, you know, people like our parents age who are trying to teach kids, they don't get that. You know, they think their kids are they're going to grow up to be morons, but really they might actually end up knowing more than we do. I don't see why not. I mean, they have all the information in the world at their fingertips and they know how to use it. They're more proficient at using it than we ever were. And we were more than our parents ever were. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're we're getting to a different place and we've got to figure out the rules of this thing kind of on the go. Yeah, I mean, inf information collection has gone from studying all the time to just looking it up and knowing. It's crazy. The, the world has changed. Very much so. You're listening to Two Millennials Talk While Sounding Old. I'm Theon Rose. I'm Russell Stroud. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I got to break in again because there's been a story that just came out uh, earlier in the week about Papa John. He's back in the news. Uh, this time... He says that he was extorted, uh, saying that he uh, he actually didn't really want to resign, but he was extorted into doing so. Laundry Service, the PR firm that he uh, was working with, according to CNBC, says that the Papa John founder extortion accusation is disparaging and outrageous. The agency is planning an on-the-record response to dispute Schnatter's comments about and asked employees not to speak to journalists, according to the memo. Schnatter's lawyer said that he uh, asked Laundry Service for an audio tape of the call if one exists. So can they prove that Schnatter said the N-word, or was he extorted into admitting that he said the N-word during this conference call in order to push him out? Because after all, it may be beneficial to Papa John's as a company to have John Schnatter out as the head because he had been a controversial figure in the past for some of his comments he made uh, about uh, NFL players and about uh, sales going down as a result of the NFL protests and the whole national anthem thing, and who knows, all right? I mean, this is not me being a professional journalist. I'm off the clock right now, so I'm just speculating. But... Uh, yeah, John Schnatter, you know, Papa John, the OG Papa, saying that, uh, you know, Big Papa here saying that uh, he was extorted out of uh, 
uh, out of his position as uh, president of the company. And hey, you know what? He may have a leg to stand on here because if he can prove that no tape exists, or rather if his lawyer can prove no tape exists, uh, well, what does he get out of it? Does he get to go back to the company that he resigned from? Do they just sort of welcome him back and say, hey, Papa, glad you're back? I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see, but the Papa John saga continues on.